0: Well, let's jump in today's teaching and it is a teaching. Um, I don't anticipate preaching unless like the preacher thing comes over me, but if not, I'm going to be more chill today. So um, just giving you expectations right right away. The title of this teaching is the structure of prayer. We've been in this series on prayer. We've talked about the purpose of prayer, disappointment in prayer, the joy of prayer. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the structure of prayer. Now, if you ever have been in front of a large group and you need to waste time, the greatest game ever for wasting time is Simon Says, right? You guys want to play that right now, Simon Says? No, we're not going to do that today. But you've been in an atmosphere where, where someone's stalling and they have to play Simon Says, And when you're doing that, I was a youth pastor 10 years, so I had to do this a few times. There's a technique at the beginning, okay? At the beginning of Simon Says, you want to eliminate as many people as possible uh, right up front. So then you're only having to see so many people in the room. Now, when we talk about prayer, sometimes I feel like that happens to a lot of us who hear sermons about prayer. Whether it's like a convicting statement or some type of quote or some type of expectation, we immediately feel like we're disqualified and we think, okay, prayer is only for special people. The reason this series is called Prayer is for Everybody is because prayer is for everybody. And my desire today is that every single one of you who are here in this room, those of you who are watching live now or you're watching later in the week or some years from now, perhaps, that you would... Finish his teaching and say, "I can pray a little bit more I, I have access i have I have this ability to pray pray a little more than i have been it 's an invitation to friendship and an invitation to love so we 'll talk a little bit about structure to understand that we 'll be in Matthew chapter six in a little bit, so if you want to head to matthew six i 'll get there in five minutes or so but one of the things I want you to see in this this practical teaching today is to hear about my prayer life. And I cut myself a lot of slack when it comes to prayer. And here's the reason why. Um, Because I'm a pastor. And you might think, well, pastors pray all day long. I wish we did. Here's one of the things about my lifestyle. And most of you can relate to this. No two days are the same. Like every day is different. That's one of the things I love about being a pastor is you don't know what the day is going to bring. Whether it's a text and an unexpected conversation, somewhere to go, somewhere to engage. And so it's this life that changes from day to day, week to week. And it's always a little different. Some of the great teachings that I've benefited from on prayer come from monastic life, like monasteries. And so these beneficial teachings on prayer come from monks. And so I I began to look into monastic life, and I've even visited a monastery a couple of different times, and I discovered something about monks. Monks literally say they will not do pastoral work because they're dedicated to a certain system and predictability and unchangeable ways to pray. So we've benefited from things they've learned, But guys, I'm a pastor, I'm not a monk. You are a salesperson, you're not a monk. You're a police officer, a nurse, a homeschool mom, a computer programmer, a security guard. So don't be hard on yourself because of this expectation to pray that you feel like you don't reach. In fact, if you feel feel bad, that you're not praying enough, then just tell God that you feel bad about that and you'll be praying. So we don't have to have this anxiety over this. We just kind of are gonna step in to prayer more. God has called you to pray from the place where you live, the life that you're called to, the phase and the era that you're in. No matter how chaotic your schedule is, prayer is for you. So, I want to talk about a couple of types of prayer. And here's the first type of prayer that we've already experienced today prepared prayer. And that's when we kind of pray from our head with these words that are in our heads, it's words that we pick up from others. And now we will go to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. Some of you have been waiting 20 years, or I haven't been here 20 years, 15 years for me to read the New King James Version. Well, here it is. This is a prepared prayer that Jesus gave us that is so beautiful and so good and so beneficial. In this manner, therefore, pray. These are the words of Jesus. Done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord's Prayer in the New King James Version adds the end that some of our newer translations don't include. It's the perfect prayer. And you might ask, should I pray that every day? Well, you don't have to, but it would be good anytime you do pray it. My grandmother was a great prayer person, and I remember in high school, she told me this. She said, I know you're too busy to pray sometimes, Aaron, so just pray every day. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done. If you just pray that one sentence, the Lord will work through that. I thought, well, that was good. That was a good tool. Praying scripture is powerful. Praying the Lord's Prayer is a good thing to do frequently. You don't have to do it every day, but occasionally pray the Lord's Prayer. And then when you're reading the Bible or you come across a scripture that you really like, copy, paste, put it in your phone. Uh, Write it on, we used to do before the digital revolution, put them on note cards and tape them on our, our bathroom mirror. So that was more of a memory for some of you. Any way that you can get scripture in front of you, and when you when you pray the Lord's prayer and when you pray scripture, you're praying in the perfect will of God. There, so that's a prepared prayer. That's a prepared prayer, just like that. Then we have other prepared prayers that we decide ahead of time to pray together. Like today, we did that during church today, and. Typically, Beth, my wife, prepares us prayers and she draws from different resources or draws from the moment where we are in the community or as a congregation. And we say these prepared prayers. I know some of you are like, I don't want to read no prayer off the screen. I want the Holy Ghost to pray through me. Okay, that's all right because we want that to happen too. But the prepared prayer, it brings unity to the body. So we're not praying our opinion, we're not praying our agenda. We're praying in unity together. It also expands our vocabulary. It it gives us new and fresh words to pray. Even though sometimes they're old prayers, they're fresh words. Even sometimes they're prayers that have been thought about and worked with, they're fresh words to us. Like even this morning, I, I just really was grabbed by this. I've never prayed these words before. Help us to live the covenant written Upon our hearts. I prayed that earlier today, and I didn't know about that prayer until you knew about it, also. And I wrote that on my notes today. Help us to live the covenant written on our hearts. Those are words I never would have spoken, but because of prepared prayers, I had a chance to speak those words. It engages my soul in places I overlook. So if I'm limiting the prayers to just what I pray, I'm gonna tend to pray the same thing. But when I pray scripture or I pray prepared prayers based off scripture, it expands my prayer vocabulary. It engages my heart in prayers I normally wouldn't pray. These are also known as extempor- these, the There's the other type of prayer, not prepared prayers, are called extemporaneous prayers. But I want to say this about extemporaneous prayers. I found that my extemporaneous prayers are often the same prayers I repeat. So if I'm going to eat, this is just me now. I'm not stepping on any toes. It's just me. And I'm like hungry. The food's there. Someone says, Aaron, will you pray? Most of the time, I hope I'm like, Lord, I'm going to give you a thoughtful prayer from the heart. But a lot of times I pray prayers like this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies and bless the hands that prepared it. Jesus name. Amen. Let's eat. Let's dig in. Now, is that a bad thing? No. In fact, it's better than not praying at all. In fact, it reinforces, it reinforces the idea of prepared prayers. But I just want to point out this fact. Some of you who don't believe you pray prepared prayers, pray a prepared prayer every time you think you're praying extemporaneously. I don't know if that means anything to you, but I thought that was interesting. All right, so that leads me to the second type of prayer is simple prayers. And yes, these are extemporaneous prayers. These are engaging the heart, engaging the heart. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I'm going to encourage you, I'm encouraging you now to pray more simple prayers. Like to pray prayers that are from the heart, that are not complicated. Don't pretend like your Sunday school teacher, our 242 leader, is listening to your prayers and you're trying to impress your youth pastor. Pray from the heart. Back to Matthew chapter six, a different portion of it. Let's go to verse five. Matthew six five. Therefore, you should pray like this. Actually, let's go to verse nine. I'm sorry. Do we have that there? Okay. We'll. 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 we'll I think. I think we we had a little. There should be Matthew six verse five through eight. I gave you the wrong chapter, so that's okay. Hey, that's that's what 10:45 service is for. <laughs> Too bad we video this service. We refine this baby and we're ready to really give it the next service. So if you you don't like my preaching, come back at 1045, I get better. So somewhere in this gospel, don't worry about it, media team, we'll figure it out between services. Jesus said these words, and those of you who know the gospel can agree. He said, when you pray, don't babble like Gentiles. Since they imagine they'll be heard, listen to this, for their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask them. All right. So think about that. He already knows what you need. That's verse nine that I went straight to if you, if you had that in there. But he already knows what you need before you even ask him. So it's not about the amount of words. It's about the amount of your heart. So I'm going to just call you to more simple prayers. Just pray what you're thinking. Pray what's on your heart. Pray what comes to mind. Now, one of the greatest thinkers of prayer and one of the greatest authors of prayer uh, said these words. Here's a quote that's going to help you. Since prayer is bringing ourselves and all of our needs and circumstances to God in prayer, even if our concerns feel petty and selfish and ordinary, it means telling God how frustrated we are when we cannot find a parking space. Or when our coworker interrupts us yet again in a meeting. By the way, that doesn't happen at CIO Church. That's just, this is someone else's quote. It means sharing our joys and small pleasures with God in thanks. We just share all the good and the bad. So here it is. These great thinkers who have written volumes on prayer suggest the idea I've suggested to you this morning. Simple prayers. Don't overcomplicate it. God is judging the sophistication of your words of whether he'll answer prayers or not. Just tell God what you need. So so I thought about some simple prayers I had this week. One of them was this. I'm behind on grading papers, God, and I'm so frustrated about that. God, I'm tired of this. That was a breath prayer to God. Not about the grading, but about other things. Another prayer to God was, God, my knee still hurts this week. Is it time for me to quit playing basketball? And the Lord answered, yes, my son. Have you, have you seen your shot the last 20 years? <laughs> so both me and LeBron, we're on retirement watch list right now for basketball. Don't try to present yourself as better or more holy than you feel you are. Don't worry that you're being self-centered. Just share with God. And as you share with God, he'll refine our motives and he'll refine um, even our language to him. So those are a couple of types of prayers. Prepared prayers are good, but simple prayers. Prayers that you mean, prayers that mean something, prayers that apply to your life. Let's talk about structures of prayer. I wanna talk to you about a a couple of things. I'm I'm gonna, a structure is just like, a way that you go through your prayer life. So the Lord's Prayer is a structure that is great. I've listened to and I've preached long sermon series about how we can use the Lord's Prayer as structure. And so that's one example of many. So here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. Experiment with a prayer structure. Experiment with a prayer structure. Come up with some kind of plan, some kind of plan and let it be flexible. Let it change. Now, Daniel was somebody who, who, who did great things for the kingdom of God in a hostile environment. And uh, Daniel was persecuted because of his faith. And we're going to go now to Daniel chapter 6, starting with verse 3. It says, Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit. That'll make you think, will it? So the king planned to to set him over the whole region. And the ministers and satraps, therefore, that's like satraps are like governors. Therefore, they kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom. But they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy. And no negligence or corruption was found in him. These men said, we will never find any charge against this Daniel Unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. Now, we'll skip the next few verses. So they tricked Daniel. They had an edict that said, if you don't pray to um, the king of Babylon, then you're going to be killed. So let's go all the way to verse 10 if we can. When Daniel learned the document had been signed, he went into his house. The window in its upstairs room opened towards Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God. And look at this phrase just as he, he had done before. So we see here that verse 11 says, These men were as a group, and they found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So we see that Daniel had a system, he had a structure. For him, it was three times a day, there was a place in his house, he opened the windows. He faced Jerusalem. There, there's a lot to think about there, but the point I want you to, to take to heart today is he had a structure. He had a system for that. And I just want to suggest this, that if you don't have some type of structure or system to pray, you're probably not praying as much as you want to. So whether that is, hey, first thing in the morning, I'm going to spend five minutes in prayer. Last thing of the day, I'm going to spend five minutes in prayer. Before I leave for lunch, I'm going to spend five minutes in prayer. Whatever that is to you, it's not important necessarily what you do is that you do something and have some types of structure. So I've mentioned the Lord's prayer. There's also all types of acronyms. You know, when you take like uh, um, a word and each, each letter of the word means something that I've used in prayer and those have been helpful. Those have been good. But for me, now I'm just going to talk about my structure This may work for you, it may not, but it helps me, okay? I believe in the prayer list, okay? And I have a prayer list. I have so many prayer lists nowadays that I hardly can get to them. So I have one prayer list. And the one prayer list that I try to get to every day, I I pray 10 things every day. Well, what 10 things do I pray every day? I pray the 10 things that are worrying me every day. And here's the reason why. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven says this. Don't worry about anything Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And verse seven says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So here's this prayer list that, that I literally sat down when I first realized this principle. And I wrote down 10 things. I could have wrote 11, I could have wrote 15, I could have wrote 150, but I kept it to 10 things. 10 things that if someone saw, wouldn't be embarrassing because that's important if you write down or type out a prayer list. sometimes you wanna talk in code and be careful about that. But 10 things that I'm worried about. And I say, God, I'm gonna take that worry and make it my prayer list. So on busy weeks, and I just had a extremely busy week with Unexpected, unexpected opportunities that, that I did not plan, they weren't on the calendar. If I could just kind of pray over those 10 things and now I have those 10 things memorized, it keeps the momentum of prayer going in my life. But here's what I, I believe what happens is all of the anxiety, all of the worry we have uh, can be greatly helped when we make our worry list, our prayer list. And now some of you are gonna remember this part of the teaching the rest of your life. I believe that. I believe that there's such a powerful principle out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7 that it's going to change your life. Number two is this, view your structure as flexible and temporal. Okay, so you're not going to pray the same structure the rest of your life. It's kind of like exercise, change up is good. And so in my life, I used to pray through the Lord's Prayer. I've I've prayed through the ACTS acronym, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. You know, I've, I've prayed through prayer lists and it just changes. It changes up. I've I've done, done prayer times with the monastic fathers three times a day. All of the change up gives us a variety of ways to connect with the Lord. And it makes things a little more interesting, right? I mean, we're not going to do, we're not going to eat the same meal the rest of our life. One day we want American food. One day we want Asian food. One day we want Mexican food. Well, we could have that every day. That's God's will every day. But, but you understand what I mean, is you want, you want a variety. A variety gives you strength. And so change up is very good. It works something different. Here's number three. Prioritize God and people over your structure. Prioritize God and people over your structure. Don't let your prayer life become more important than the people you're praying for. Sometimes people get so addicted to prayer. I know it sounds weird to say that, that they become kind of hermits and isolated and they're not living life. And maybe a few people are called to do that. I've already mentioned that earlier today. But most of us, we're called to live life, to babysit grandkids and to have jobs and to do yard work and to... Stop and say hi to a neighbor for five minutes. And if prayer is so important, then we're so structured that we don't have flexibility, then we may be forgetting why we pray. Because we pray to produce love. Love for God and love for other people. Jesus, re, Jesus warned religious people like me. In Matthew 22, verse 34, it says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. In verse 35, and one of them, an expert in the law, this is a seminary graduate here, (laughs) asked a question to test him. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? It's a gotcha question for Jesus. And then Jesus answered it to give us truth today. He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. We want to walk in love and prayer warms our heart to love. So we prioritize people over the prayer list. Don't say, hey, shut up, you stupid kid. I'm praying for you right now. Leave me alone. I'm in the prayer closet. Shut up, you defeats the purpose, right? No, prayer is a form of love and prayer should produce more love in us.